Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women and now living in Sweden, <laughs> not Japan anymore. Um, and I'm the creator of the Jumpstart course and the Woman in Japan Mastermind. So how are you all going? How is your new year? I hope you are having a good start to the new year. And by good start, I mean you know, you're slowly getting back into the routine of things. Yeah. Um, I know it takes a good week or two before we can like feel like we're really back in some kind of rhythm. Yesterday was the first day of school for my kids. And then after that, I ran around doing all these things that I've been wanting to do while they were on holiday and got to the end of the day and was like, wow, that was a really busy day. <laughs> I don't think I sat down for five minutes. So yeah, it's going to take a few days before we're back on track, right? So give yourselves a, few, a little bit of leeway and yeah, just what's the next thing that I can do that will get me back on track? Or is there something I can do today that I didn't get to yesterday, even if it's just a small thing? And this is a topic that we talk about in the episode today is little steps are as important as big steps because little steps add up to big things over time. So yeah, definitely give yourself, cut yourself some slack if you're not like functioning at full power or something yet. Yeah. Yeah. So um, two announcements quickly before we start the episode. One is that um, my mastermind is continuing this year in 2020. So it will be opening again at the end of February and starting in March. So if you would like to join this round, keep your eyes and ears peeled for more information about that as it comes out. And also, if you are a member of my mastermind, you will automatically get access to my live event, which is being held in Japan in July of 2020 this year. So six months away in probably in the Kansai area. So we're talking Osaka, Kyoto, Kobe sort of area because that's where I'm flying in and out of when I go to Japan in the summer this year. So if you would like to meet up with me in um, in the Kansai area, when the uh, please also stay tuned and keep your eyes and ears open for more information about that. Keep that weekend free in your diary. All right, so today we have um, the wonderful Joe Ebisujima on the show. She's one of my Dai Senpai, and as we say in Japan, a sort of um, a rough translation would be an upperclassman, someone who's more experienced than, than yourself, someone who's been doing something longer than you. Um, so in many ways, she is a senpai to me, and I've learned a lot from her over the years. So I'm very excited to share um, her knowledge and teachings with you today. And and it was good for me to also have a refresher of some of the things I learned from her, you know, years ago when my kids were very small. That really helped me to get through some of the um, the really rough years when the kids were just sort of, you know, four and one and stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty pretty tough. So, without further ado, here is the lovely Joe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. 
Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to, uh, to speak to you. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a chat, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I've followed um, your activities and been a member of your programs and things for, oh, goodness, a long time now, since my yeah. kids were little. Yeah. And I have to say that you really helped me in a time that was quite dark <laughs> for me um, being stuck in Fukushima with two little kids and not knowing what to do with myself and here was Jo with her this amazing program that really helped me um, enjoy my um, my kids and you know how to I don't know make our daily lives more yeah just more fun and and easier so I want to say thank you for that. And <laughs> that, that's really made a difference um, when my kids were smaller. So for those of um, the listeners who don't know who Joe is, uh, could you, yeah, introduce yourself quickly? Um, well, I'm Joe Abisujima. I'm a Brit. I've been in Japan for over 20 years. Oh, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> um, Senpai, and... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of touched on what what I do. I've, things have morphed over the year and years, and I think we'll probably get into that a bit later on. But I basically help mums to get organised at home with their kids and um, with the house and in their heads, as well as with work, so that they can build their own business and do it around their home and around their kids and you know the, the busy schedule sort of thing, so they can get everything done without grinding themselves into the ground you know there is a, a way to do that so that's um basically what i do and i'm i'm montessori trained so i'll bring in a lot of the montessori stuff for the kids side of things you know how to set up your home so your kids can be more independent and that sort of thing and then um on the productivity and getting things done side i'm a big fan of kaizen which is breaking step breaking goals down into like tiny bite-sized steps and even if you just do one tiny little thing each day you are heading towards your goal and I think as a mom you'll you know, agree that some days everything is just so overwhelming and there's so much to do that you don't feel like you're making any progress with your business but I believe that even if you could just send that one email or contact that one person or you know, put out a social media post or whatever it is, that tiny little step is a step in the right direction. So that's kind of the focus of what I do these days is helping mums um, make a step forward, no matter how difficult their day is going. Yeah, like I, I feel that like just even keeping the regular things happening in your house, like everyone's fed, everyone has clean clothes to wear, has been to school and back again and it's like oh and and I'm supposed to do something else <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah we, well that's the thing we can do other things if you know we learn some hacks or maybe just um yeah there are ways right it's not yeah have to be just treading water is I think yeah we're not sort of treating we can be moving forward even if it is quite slowly that's okay too yeah and I think um I think you said earlier about going through that dark phase when your kids were little and I think a lot of mums do that and go through that phase 
especially sort of when you're coming out of the toddler years and your kids are becoming a little bit more independent and maybe they're going to kindergarten or whatever. And suddenly you think, just a minute, where, where did I go? I've been, I've been thrust into this momhood kind of role and you, you lost all your own hobbies and your own interests and everything comes over as being focused around the kids. And it feels like you're lost, I think. And there's definitely um, a, a point there, like a lot of the mums um, like you did uh, came to me at that sort of stage of their life where they're like, I want to be more than just a mom. And I know being a mom is such a great thing, but for a lot of mums, they want more, you know, they don't want to be just a mom. And I'm using that in quote, I'm quoting here, but you can't see anything. Um, <laughs> that you know often we've come from a corporate background or we've um you know you've gone through an education system you've got your degree or whatever and then to be stuck with toddlers especially in a foreign country and you haven't got the intellectual stimulation from other people at the same intellect as you it, it can be really really draining and really boring you know like talking to a toddler Tedious. all day yeah i think is a good word right like yeah. here we are bath time again yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to resist bath time again okay <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah so the reading for today is talk to seuss again, <laughs> again. <laughs> so i think a lot of mums go through that sort of stage and as you're coming out of it it's like like a fog lifting i suppose um and not knowing where to go next or what to do next because you are a different person because you've become a mom and that's a huge thing um so you've become this mom person but you've still got the old you inside and it's how do you marry those two together so you're getting a balance of who you are as a person as well as being the mom that you need to be and i think that is um I think it's not talked about enough really and when I went through it it was there, there wasn't so much in blogging and Facebook wasn't a thing back then because you know I'm really old um, <laughs> so there wasn't that support on the internet either back then for me and that's kind of why I created um, the Wonder Woman Success Club and the courses because I wanted to help other mums that had we're in that sort of situation because it, it's very I think isolating is the word yeah I think um in any country you can be isolated but yeah add that extra layer of being in a country that's not your country um can make it just that little bit more isolating I'm sure yeah yeah and yeah thank goodness that we have these amazing things like Facebook Instagram um podcasts yeah like even around this podcast yeah. a lot of women tell me they feel less isolated because they can listen to people like you and me talking um <laughs> even if they're in the deepest darkest areas of japan or wherever they might be they can listen to us and feel like oh someone like me out there as well and i didn't have i don't have to feel so so alone and i'm i'm doing okay actually so um yeah, it's great that we do have these things now, but I can imagine, yeah, like 10, 10 years ago, Facebook really wasn't 
that much of a thing, was it? Like it is, no, for example, yeah. Mm. So blog, when I, yeah, when I was, say, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, blogging was very popular then, and Yahoo groups, if anyone remembers those. Yes, yes. Um, they, they were the things, really. Um, but Yahoo groups was just text-based, so you didn't get that connection that I think you get with Facebook because you're actually seeing people or Instagram or, you know, any of the social media these days, especially with live videos and the little you know, Snapchats or whatever. Um, there's a, a stronger connection, I think, now than there was back then because everything was text-based. And blogs were just kind of taking off, but a lot of them were... Um, so I started with the Montessori blogging, but I was blogging about doing Montessori at home. And I was one of a very small handful of people that were doing that because the Montessori bloggers were blogging about in their school. Mm. And so watching the change over the last 10 years, you know, now there's millions of Montessori bloggers, both <laughs> school and at home and uh, like micro blogging as well. And yeah, the, the whole... The whole tech scene has changed so much in the last well, 20 years, I suppose, that I think we're in a very fortunate place right now as far as uh, being mums that can run their own businesses. You know, my job wouldn't have existed 10 years ago, 20 years ago. No, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an yeah. exciting time. So tell us um, like how you got in, like why did you start doing what you're doing? Like, Tell us your... Your journey to, to starting doing this, like, was there something that triggered? Well, I, I was teaching English. I came to Japan with Geos um, for a year. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just one year. Pay off my loan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sounds familiar. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, we went to South America for a year traveled around there mm -hmm. and came back and originally I was up in Iwate up in the boonies in Iwate and then we came back and decided to settle in Saitama because we thought it'd be easier to get jobs um, and I got a job teaching English at basically a juku um, and I was there for three or four years and the final year I was there, I went into the manager role and I, while I was there, I realized there was some very dodgy stuff going on and that they were screwing over the foreigners and it was really not a nice situation to be in. Even though the, the teaching side was great and I had full control of what I did in the classroom, you know, it was a kind of teacher's dream, but um, the managerial side was just horrible and... I'm, I'm very much tell it as, a, as it is kind of person. I can't, I'm, I'm not very good at lying to people. And so I just, it just felt so bad. But then I fell pregnant. So I decided to quit anyway. So I didn't renew my contract. And then, um, yeah, I was kind of pregnant, waiting to have a baby and, um, I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't want to go back to teaching for a company. I didn't want to work for another Japanese company. So I started messing around on the internet. I discovered um, how about 
like making ebooks and things. And the first book I made was actually Teaching English in Japan. And it was a resource book that I sold for £25. Oh no, $25? Dollars, I think. Um, and that was kind of a, the big aha moment because I discovered that, that I could actually make money and I didn't have to go and work at a company to make money. I could do mm. it using other skills that I'd got. So that was, I suppose, my gateway in. And then um, I didn't really do much on the, the money-making side for a while. I started blogging. Um, I did my Montessori training. Um, started blogging about Montessori and us at home. And my blog organically got a great following. And I used to have this little widget on the blog and it'd tell me where I'd had visitors from. And every day I'd check it and I'd get really excited because I'm like, oh, I've got somebody from Uganda or oh, mm. somebody from Vietnam's been on. And then it comes up in my Facebook memories because um, it popped up the other day that somebody from Vatican City had logged onto my blog and I was really excited about that <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. The Pope is reading my blog. So funny, yeah. I'm sure he was. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Pope was into Montessori. So that was um, basically how it all sort of started and how I started learning about running things online. Uh, but blogging back then wasn't the way that you do it now. You know, I didn't bother with SEO or keywords or alt text or anything. I used to just stick a picture on the post and write whatever happened in the day, and that was it. And these days, you just can't do that. Your blog won't get seen by anyone. Mm. Um, it, it's all completely changed. So I suppose back then it was a lot easier in some respects. Um, yeah, so my audience grew from that. And at the same time, I'd come out of that fog of um, just being a mom and decided to get back into crafting. And I was like making things with my son. Um, and started sewing again, uh, making sewing patterns, and I discovered Etsy. So I started selling, selling uh, my patterns, paper patterns, and uh, things that I'd made on Etsy, and Japanese fabric, because I'd get readers asking me, um, oh, I, I want to buy some fabric, can you get me some? So I'd go into Nittori and buy a load of fabric and then sell it online. So that was all ticking on very nicely uh, I fit around my son and you know I'd stay up at night and sew and things like that I wasn't making a great deal of money but I was learning a lot at the time and then um, the 311 yeah the March uh, 11th great Tohoku earthquake slash tsunami slash Triple disaster yeah <laughs> disaster happened mm, mm. and where we are, we're kind of um, north of Tokyo, for anyone listening, and it was it was very shaky. Uh, it was horrible. It was the, the worst earthquake I experienced. Oh, and there's the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Mm. Just a sec. We like to keep it real here on the Transformations okay. with Jane so. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about anyway, that. Yeah, so the, the way. 
at that yeah, very so, your pinnacle moment, yes, the great disaster yeah. happened and the phone rang. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, although we weren't affected, um, like there was no damage or anything, and we are in a landlocked prefecture, so there was no tsunami here. Obviously, the, the knock-on effects of what did happen um, was huge, and um, people just stopped buying. They didn't want nuked fabric from Japan. Mm, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't understand why. <laughs> so that was kind of the big wake-up call, you know, and everyone seems to have this, like, big story. Um, and that was the one that made me sit down and think, you know, what if, what if my husband's company had collapsed that day? Or, you know, what if the house had fallen down? Or what if, you know, you, all these stories that go through your head. So that was the point where I thought, right, I've got to book my ideas up. I need to have a business that is making proper money. It needs to be online and it needs to be something that I can just pick up and go if we need to. So if I need to leave the country, I need to be able to do that and my business can come with me. So that was basically what was going through my head. And then um, come 2012, spring of 2012, I discovered Marie Forleo and B-School. Mm -hmm. And it's a $2,000 program, which at the time was a huge amount of money. Like, I was umming and ahhing for so long, and I was like, I, I know this is the right thing to do. I really know this is the right thing to do, but $2,000, you know, because I wasn't really making any money, especially after the, the big disaster. Nobody mm. was buying anything. So committing to that was huge and scary. <laughs> And probably one of the best things I've ever done. So I, I, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, even thinking about it now, I'm like, I can feel goosebumps and things because I'm like, mm. you know, it was so scary thinking back to what it was now. Um, so I went through the program. And I can't remember the dates. I think it was kind of April. I'm pretty sure it went through Golden Week or started around Golden Week. And by September, I'd launched my Organized Chaos, which was the first program that I did, um, which was all about helping your kids, like getting organized at home, mm. but in a Montessori sort of way. And from my readers, I understood that it wasn't putting activities together that was the problem. It was making the time and being organized enough to actually do the activities and get them out on the shelf. So that was kind of my focus to help mums set up the home so that everything ran better, that would give them the more time and space to be able to do the fun activities with the kids. So yeah, um, that's how it kind of started. And then over the years, it's kind of morphed and changed a bit. I don't run my organized chaos in its original form anymore, but it is a bonus, um, as the Wonder Mom Success Path now, which is in the membership that I have. Uh, so it's still got um, it's still got the foundation that my organized chaos was built on. Um, so if you went through again, you would recognize parts mm, of it. Mm, mm. Um, but you know, over the years I've learned things or a feedback from um, customers and clients and things, I've changed things up a bit. So 
um, yeah, that kind of brings us up to date. So I, I did, I have done other courses. Um, I did one about publishing on Kindle, which I pulled because with it being a technical course, it was something that had to be updated all the time. And you know what, any app or systems like they're always changing things mm, so yes. that became a bit of a nightmare so i pulled that because i wasn't really in love with it and yeah and i wrote the uh, montessori inspired activities book um and that that was a bestseller in 11 of the 12 amazon stores wow so that was quite exciting yeah um and what else did I do? Oh, I, I did, I still did the sewing for a while and I was doing um, like featured stuff in different magazines and books, but I kind of fell out of love with sewing. I think because it was a hobby that I tried to monetize and then realized that I didn't love it to, mon I didn't love it enough to monetize it. I just wanted to sew for the joy of sewing. Okay, and so yeah. mm. I kind of dropped <clears throat> dropped the sewing side of stuff. I've still got the sewing patterns, which I digitized in the big change. Um, they're still up on Etsy, but I don't. I haven't created any new patterns or anything for ages. They're just there. Do they just keep sort of selling away by themselves? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, I awesome, isn't very, it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I very, I, like, this is the first time I've mentioned them in, I don't know, months. <laughs> I, I don't really say anything. People just find them. Um, and the same with the Montessori files, digital files that I've got up on there. People just find them and then buy them. So it's not like I'm actively promoting them, which is the joy of uh, evergreen products, which yes, is one of my yes. favorite things to talk about. Mm, evergreen yeah so as you can imagine if you don't know the online world evergreen <laughs> is just something that's just always useful that people always want and will always just sell away you well you don't really have to do anything it's kind of yeah. passive income and especially if you don't need yeah. to update anything that's an awesome evergreen yes. type of thing to have yeah yeah so the, the like the montessori files i made when epicon was like two three Four years old and he's 14 coming up 15 now and they still sell i still get payments through every week wow so do the work once get paid many times fabulous yeah so yeah do it like joe does <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that that's awesome so yeah i hope like if you're listening that you know maybe that will give uh some of listeners out there some ideas like just the list of things that you just came up with that you know you've done over the years and this is you know at least sort of 10 years yeah. worth of stuff right this is not like last week um yeah. or anything yeah because it sounds like a lot when you really all off like that but yeah yeah it's been over years so yeah exactly I so look how far you can come you know and or how much you can do in 10 years as well as living your life and you know doing you know traveling and doing the things that you do you can do all yeah. this stuff as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so um, you you said you use Montessori, mm -hmm. which, yeah, I didn't know was any, like I didn't know what Montessori was and I just knew of it as a, a sort of an, a form of education 
um, that's used in kindergarten sometimes. <laughs> um, and that it, and it involves wood blocks or wood toys or something. That was all, that, all I thought it was. You've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's a lot more to it. It can be even a way of life for, um, you know, a family, especially with small children. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaizen. Now that sounds like a Japanese word. Tell us a little bit about Kaizen. Yeah, well, Kaizen is, well, what happened was after the war, after World War II, um, the Japanese were rebuilding their factories. I think it was Toyota. Um, They had some Americans come in and the Japanese had this system of just making improvements each time on all the systems that they were doing. So it would be like a tiny thing that they would test one thing and see if it worked and was better and if it was they'd keep doing it and so the story goes some americans said what do you call this system in japanese of like improving things little by little and the guy (laughs) said oh kaizen Mm -hmm. and so in the manufacturing world these days that's what people think of that it's a a system for um tiny or incremental improvements or continuous improvement but the true translation really just means you know doing a little bit at a time or so it's a bit of a gray area but the way i've interpreted it is that just doing a tiny step each day will take you closer to where you want to be whether it's um at home doing whatever you do at home whether it's your weight whether it's your um your language skills she says my language skills are appalling um (laughs) or whether you're applying it to your business you it's so flexible that you know you can just do one tiny little thing and that will help the, the whole big picture so that is something that i really help um my mom's within like the Wonder Woman Club and the Mastermind is that, you know, even if you don't feel like doing anything, just do one tiny thing. And for one, it makes you feel better because you've accomplished something, even if it was just sending an email. And um, two, it's going to actually, you know, gain momentum. And often, you know, you feel like, oh, I don't really don't feel like it. But with exercise, you know, I really don't want to go to the gym but you put your shoes on, your trainers on, and you leave the house. And that, because you've done that, it started the momentum to actually get you out and moving. So it's like doing that first tiny step and creating a little habit out of that, I think is um, really important. Rather than having this big, massive, meaty goal that's too scary to even know where to start whether it is something like losing weight or whether it's something in your business where you're creating, you know, maybe you want to do um, $10,000 months or something to make $10,000 a month when you're starting from nothing is huge and it's big and it's scary. But if you break that down into tiny steps, you, you can get there. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, like in 12 months time you could be making ten thousand dollars a month so really it's just a matter of breaking things down into tiny manageable doable steps yeah there's nothing more, <laughs> nothing more scary than like focusing on the big goal 
yeah. and then like <clears throat> you know wondering how on earth you're going to get there <laughs> because yeah like that's so far away and there's nothing that will um like yeah it just will continue to be scary and far away because you won't do anything you'll stay stuck or avoid yeah. it or whatever yeah and it'll just frustrate you and me speaking from yeah. experience <laughs> here right yeah exactly and yes. sometimes i think people struggle with where to start you know it's like i don't know what the first step is mm. and the technique um anyone knows me knows I love cheese and there's a technique called the Swiss cheese technique okay. which means um you don't you don't have to start at the first point you just start somewhere so maybe you've got a goal and you've got like there's several tasks to do but you don't know which task to do first you know some people are very logical and they can work that out and some people are just not so the Swiss Swiss cheese um technique is to just pick one task and work on that and again it's like getting the momentum going so just take that task and do that task and then pick another task and keep doing it and it, you're making holes in the goal and soon enough um the task that you needed to do first will become you know you'll know which one it was and you'll be able to do it so yeah if you do, if you don't know where to start just pick something right something's better than nothing yeah Yes. <clears throat> what did you call it? The Swiss cheese what? Swiss Me cheese technique. Called technique. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't involve any actual cheese people. Just Sadly, no. <laughs> unless you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten so much cheese since I've moved to Sweden. It's oh, quite scary. It's like just... they sell it in these massive, big, huge wheels. Oh. of it in the supermarket <laughs> i don't think they like in new zealand like we love our cheese too but it comes in one kilo or 500 gram blocks you know like square yeah. blocks but here it's round and i'm yeah. like i don't even know how to cut this cheese like where do i start do i start here <laughs> like i'm gonna have to ask a swedish person if i ever meet one one day um i don't normally meet very many swedish people in my daily life uh, as of yet but how do you each actually cut cheese <laughs> where should one start cutting the cheese from oh my goodness yeah anyway that's yeah for all the cheese lovers out there <laughs> so um yeah, so like we like to talk about transformations on the podcast here. Um, I'd also love to hear what you would tell a younger version of yourself. Um, if you could go back in time to uh, Joe 10, 20, or even 30 years ago, what would you tell her? Um, don't drink all that tequila that night. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the one Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's always a goodie. <laughs> Um, You're not going to feel better for drinking all that tequila. Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> the, the one night where I did partake in maybe one or two tequila too many, I ended up on a bed of nails at a punk festival on the stage. Oh so really, just lay off the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's pretty wild. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That was a ridiculous day and night. Anyway, um, other than the tequila, um, 
I don't know really. This is, this is one of those questions I would struggle with because I think, you know, obviously I've made mistakes and I could have done things differently. But when I think of the grand scheme of things, I don't know whether I would change what I did mm. or how I did it. Um, because, you know, there was lessons to be learned along the way. So other than like silly things, drinking too much, um, maybe, although no, I don't know whether I would. When I first came to Japan, I was supposed to get lessons, but my schedule was really, really busy. And so was the Japanese teacher. I worked for GEOS, which is a conversation school back then. Um, and I never really got the lessons. And I was with them for just over two years. So my friends, or a lot of them were students, and they just wanted to practice speaking English. And I was like, no, carry on then. <laughs> so I never really studied <laughs> Japanese. Mm -hmm. And then we went away for a, a year and we came back. And then when I came back, the company I worked for had a very strict no Japanese rule for sure. the English teachers. So I never really, and again, my friends were foreigners. so. I never really bothered learning. So I think maybe I, if I was going to tell myself what to do, um, it would be to take the studying a bit more seriously. But then I'm thinking if, if my Japanese was good, would I have taken the route that I've taken now? Mm. I have ended up working you know, for a Japanese company or doing something completely different. And yeah, because I, I really love what I'm doing. I love the fact that I can travel anywhere, you know, as long as I've got a, my laptop and the Wi-Fi, I can work wherever I want in the world. And perhaps if my Japanese ability was great, I wouldn't have gone that route. I would have mm, done something. Exactly. It could be a different, whole different. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. so, so maybe you'd tell yourself that everything's going to work out. Yeah, yeah, maybe everything's gonna work out perfectly. <laughs> Just hang in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll get where yeah. you'll get to where you're meant to be going. Yeah. Yeah. Just trusting yourself, maybe is. Um... Yeah, follow the string. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I feel most days. It's just like, okay, where's the piece of string? <laughs> it's leading me somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But I think everything happens for a reason. So just, yeah, follow the string, see where, see where it takes you. Yeah. And, you know, like your life's not created already, right? So, you know, whatever take, uh, step you take next creates the next yeah. era or the next part. So, you know, um, yeah, you create your life as you walk along that path that is your life. So... Um, it's always going to work out for you. And if we can trust, and that's the biggest thing, isn't it? To trust that it's going to be fine and not to have too many hernias about things along the way. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it will work out. And this is, this is the lesson that I probably learned, especially in the last two or three years. It's just to trust that everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yep. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, Even I think if you can't you understand why right now. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you do have to put yourself in, you know, awkward, not awkward, but push yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's often where the, the magic happens. 
so yeah trust that no matter how awkward it is it'll be all right at the end <laughs> it will exactly you'll be better off for it and that's a great thing that you've mentioned there because um yeah tell us about the how you put yourself out of your comfort zone this year <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Well, like you, I am an introvert and I think this always surprises people because, mm. um, you know, you're doing a podcast. I used to do a podcast and putting yourself out on video, it seems uh, counterintuitive to anyone who is an introvert. It's just like, no, I want to crawl under the blankets and leave me alone kind of thing. <laughs> so um, over the years... When I first did the My Organised Chaos course, the videos, I was not on camera. It was just um, slides because I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to get on camera. I just, I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> mm. And slowly over the years, um, I've kind of pushed myself to do it, forced myself to do it. Um, I started doing the live streams on Periscope when that came out. And that was terrifying because you had no idea who was going to come on. And yeah, it, it's horrible. But now I get on live every week. Um, I get on live with my group and, you know, some days I've got no makeup on. My, if my hair's been brushed, it's kind of a miracle, you know, um, or you're full of cold and you feel like, you know, um, so I think that pushing yourself out of the comfort zone is really part of growth and you really need to do it. And so getting back to your question, um, this year I reach, I like to call it level 50 rather than Ooh. 50 years old because level mm -hmm. sounds so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be level 50. So no. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been calling it levels the last few years because mm -hmm. I mean, who wants to be 40, but level 40? <laughs> sounds pretty cool so yeah i'm leveling up to level 50 at the end of the year and so the last few years i've been doing um so many things for like we did 18 things for 2018 and 19 things for 2019 so this right. year i was mm. like oh 20 things for 20 and now i was like just a minute the 50's got to come in somewhere so i decided to set myself some goals and one of them was 50 podcasts before I'm 50 yeah. so to to be interviewed on 50 podcasts which is when I think about it you know on paper that looks all right but when I say it out loud it's pretty scary because that means yeah. I've got to talk to 50 people that I okay, guess some of them I'm going to know like you so it's not so bad because I already know you and it's mm -hmm. easier to talk to you but, you know, I've got another one next week with some random person that I found in some random Facebook group. And I've got no idea who she is. And I've got to talk to her next week. And, yeah, it's going to be a big year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as I was saying to you before, I'm really excited to see what is going to be the outcome of Joe appearing on 50 podcasts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it, like how much you know impact is that going to have it's going to have an amazing impact i'm sure it's, i hope yeah at least <laughs> 50 people are going to hear about you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's one way of looking at it <laughs> yeah and their mums yeah so that's like 100 people <laughs> 
Yeah, I, so, yeah, I don't even know if my mother actually listens to my podcast anymore, but maybe she does. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was, um, so there's a 50 podcast, but I also want to read 50 books, which is oh, quite wow. a big one. Mm. But when I say read, I'm including audio books because I really struggle now that I'm getting so old to sit down and actually read a book. Um, so audio books are included. Okay, that counts, and, yeah. Uh, 50 letters I used to write letters all the time and then Facebook came along and I stopped writing so that's kind of partly partly to get back into the habit of doing it I've got a big box full of beautiful writing paper you know so um, yeah that's part that's just I don't know what inspired it really just uh, I feel like I want to connect with people again on in an old-fashioned way (laughs) and because that sounds great yeah I'm online all the time you know I spend a lot of the day on the computer so to get off offline and do something non-digital and the same with um, drawing and art that although I'm doing a lot of creative stuff it's always digitally creative I want to do more non- Mm, non-analog creative yeah yeah Yeah, that's so satisfying isn't it when you do do stuff offline (laughs) you remember to do stuff (laughs) offline one thing i've noticed here in sweden is that um people actually call each other and talk on the phone a lot and i didn't like you don't notice that in japan um so much i feel like people would never really want to have a private phone conversation in public do you know what i mean like it that's Um, you only get the odd sort of businessman having a random business conversation, I feel. Um, but here in Sweden, like everywhere you go, there's people talking to themselves as they're walking down the street or on the bus or whatever. And, and they're, they're having a conversation with someone you and think. They're, they're talking on their phone. Yeah. But you can't yeah. see their phone <laughs> because they've got their, you know, um, you know, Bluetooth earphones in or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just all these people walking around talking to themselves <laughs> or sitting on the middle of the bus having this, you know, really in-depth conversation with their friend or family. Or I have no idea what they're talking about at this point because um, I don't understand Swedish yet. Um, but I just thought that was really odd. And I was like, why do people in this country talk? Like, because I message people, like messenger people or, you know, text people, but I don't, I very rarely would have not the confidence, but would feel I would feel like I was bothering someone to call them, you know, in an old-fashioned way, how we used to, you know, pick up the phone and actually talk to people. Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think part of that is, um, like you said, bothering people. I think people are worried about, you know, you send somebody a text message and if they don't answer straight away, you assume that they are busy, you know, doing the laundry or something cooking dinner or whatever. You don't need their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like if I phoned somebody, you know, I might be interrupting whatever they're trying to do. And if it's another mom, you know, I know she's really busy and she's got all this stuff to do. And does she really have time to talk to me right now kind of thing? So I think... Yeah, it's almost like you have to make a date for your calls sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Mad. Mm, yeah so um here and i was like why is this and then i thought well maybe it's um they're using their free minutes on there like a lot of um phone providers here have free minutes or unlimited Uh minutes to call so um maybe that's what they're doing 
Um, but I thought that was kind of nice and in an annoying kind of way when people were having <laughs> a conversation on the bus. <laughs> but yeah, at least they're sort of connecting with people. Um, I cannot wait to be able to understand Swedish. <laughs> so you can listen into all their conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like, because I, like, you know, I can speak German and I understand German and English and, and that, but even though a lot of the words, there are a lot of similar words in the Swedish language. When it's spoken, I just have no idea what they're saying. Really, <laughs> no idea, because um, it's it's a quite a melodial, melodic kind of way of speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, just really no idea. <laughs> I thought I would be good to go, but because I can read quite a lot, and um, you know, I'll look at things, signs, and they'll just know what it says. But like, I wouldn't know. If someone said it out loud, I wouldn't know what they were saying. So that's the, that's the tr- issue I'm having here in Sweden. Anyway, yeah. Um, fun thing. Would you like to know a word of the day in Swedish? Go on then. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I may say this wrong. So if any Swedish people are listening, I <laughs> apologize. But I learned this word yesterday and I'm so in love with it. Potatis stomp. Oh, that's nice. I think we might have some of that tonight then. <laughs> yeah. And it isn't it like, I just, it, this sounds fun to say the word <laughs> and it makes sense too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm enjoying um, picking up words here and there, but I still have not remembered one to 10. So this is terrible <laughs> because I think of myself as a linguist and, you know, kind of someone who likes languages. Um, and learns them reasonably easily. I, well, I have not not learned one to ten yet. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so um, let's uh, finally. I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about the Wonder Mum Success Club. And um, you know, because if someone's been listening today and they're like, "I want that. I want what Joe's talking about. I want a more streamlined life, or um, you know, I want to enjoy being with my kids more. I want them to be more independent." Um, which is something that Montessori helps kids to, you know, learn how to do, I feel, from my limited understanding of Montessori. Um, yeah, so if they want that, how, what can they do? Well, yeah, the, the Montessori really does help your kids grow up um, independently. So my son now cooks, he cooks lunch most days. We homeschool at the moment, so he's at home. He cooks his own lunch. Sometimes he'll cook my lunch as well if I want the same thing. And But he does a lot of that, you know, like slimy stuff on rice kind of dishes, which I'm really not into. Um, and he, he helps with the cleaning. I very rarely have to tell him to clean his room um, or tidy up his room because that's part of Montessori is um, putting stuff away after. It, it's like a cycle that like you get the thing out, you play with it you clean it up, you put it away and then you get the next thing out. Mm. So all these like Sounds things dreamy. That come, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with Montessori um, help as they get older. And he's cooked dinner tonight because he knew um, I was going to be talking to you. This would normally be my preparing dinner time. Mm-hmm. So he cooked uh, dinner this afternoon and yeah, it's, I, I didn't realize back then when I started with it and you know like raising children's a bit of an experiment because you never know what's going to happen so I'm really glad that I stuck with the Montessori and followed it through because now I've got this great independent child who's thoughtful he's helpful 
and yeah I get some you know can back talk or whatever he's a teenager so you know <laughs> but on on a whole um it worked out really well so I would love to help other mums achieve that as well so the Wonder Mom Success Club is really um it's really aimed at mums that want to run their own business or are running their own business and want to be able to do all the mum stuff as well so it's kind of split into two there's the wonder mom success path which is the old my organized chaos course kind of redone um which will help you setting up your home it's um how to be a rock star mom um how to have a happy home and how to organize yourself in your head like a lot of the mindset stuff and um you know and self-care and all that kind of thing comes into it as well and then the goal setting so looking at it from a more female point of view so it's not just hustle 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 push through thinking about like times of the day which times of the day are the best times for you to actually get things done when are you most productive and the times of the month because your women's cycle plays a big part of that and there's parts of your cycle where you are on fire and you know this you like you just get so much done and you're like yes i'm unstoppable and then 10 days later you're like i don't want to get out of bed ever again yeah so um really getting in tune with your cycle as well and playing to that which when when you've got a male coach they they don't get it no, like no no. <laughs> not at all mm. and it, it's all very much hustle hustle push 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 and I don't believe in that I think that um, sometimes you do have to push yourself obviously but you also have to be in tune with your body and the the flow of your family life as well and once you've got that down everything becomes so much easier <clears throat> and then on the other side so for my readers um, I understood that Part of it was the organization type of thing. And the other thing that people were struggling with was the tech. And I'm, um, I'm an engineer. I did engineering at university and college. And my degree was in electronic imaging and media communications. So the tech stuff is kind of where I thrive. But I understand how difficult it can be, especially as there's always new stuff coming out and things change. So I wanted to set up an area so that it, all the tutorials and everything were in one place. So if you need to set up your I don't, email autoresponder, you can just go in and follow the tutorials and steps. You don't have to pay for an extra course. You can do it yourself. You don't you know, need to pay for somebody to come in and do it for you. Or like setting up your website or um, creating beautifully branded templates. So there's tutorials and step-by-step -step, um, explanations on how to do everything, like setting up your online business. And um, I started getting experts in to do like masterclass interviews and they're kind of a bit like a podcast and a bit more focused on whatever their guest uh, whatever their expertise are so I'll have somebody in like I had Bushra Azar who is um, a persuasion expert 
and she talked about not just about being a mom and how she deals with that but also about persuasion and how you can use that in your business so there's um like who else have i had loads of people um rachel davis is an expert in um, kids psychology and nlp and she talks about using music with kids and that plays into the helping your kids to get more organized you know getting their shoes on to go outside and things like that and she uses music and catchy little songs to do that so that's where the masterclass interviews come in so we have one of those each month and often the topics are chosen by the members so i will ask what people want and because of b school and the various different programs i've done and because i've been working online for like 15 years now i've got a huge network which means that if somebody says oh i really would like a master class on um like affiliate marketing i'm like okay and I go and find my affiliate marketing expert and we do the masterclass. And then after the masterclass, we have like a little five day challenge. So you're actually implementing the things that you learn. Mm, that sounds awesome. So yeah, that's, and it's a membership. So you join, you get access straight away to everything. It's only, it's $37 a month. So yeah, it, it, I wanted it to be super affordable. Mm, mm. Um, and as soon as you, you're in, you get access to everything and you stay as long as you want to stay. Um, and a lot of the moms that joined me right at the beginning are still in there. So, you know, um, it, it's a lovely community. And we've got a Facebook support group as well where you can come in and ask questions and get feedback and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's yeah, that's uh, awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, I can I can recommend um, the the processes and things that really do help. In fact, I probably need to sort of think back and do <laughs> maybe do some more, especially now that we've moved to a new um, country, a new apartment where we live now. Um, how can Everything's I changed. make sure I yeah keep my kids involved and instead of just doing stuff for them and things because i'm because it's easier or whatever yeah um you know because here in sweden everything's so high mm -hmm. like um like the light switches and the uh, cupboards okay. everything's made for giants and <laughs> i like even i struggle to get things and so we've had to buy stools and things for my son to stand up on <laughs> so he can like turn on the light in the toilet you know, <laughs> see to go to the toilet you know and his room and things so yeah it's actually probably a good um a good thing to do again is have a sort of a reassess where we could make it easier for the kids to get their own breakfast or whatever it is yeah yes yeah. just to help things along instead of me making toast every morning yeah need to be me making the toast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that, that's the thing with the, the success path there isn't really a start and beginning because you know as the kids grow as they go from kindergarten into school or the, the, on you know, moving house or whatever the situation changes and as they get bigger as well you know they can do more as they get older mm -hmm. so um it's something that you need to go back and work on and the mindset stuff for the moms that's really important to go back in and work on and work on again 
because things change as you change you know we all grow as a person and the the blocks or the things i struggled with 10 years ago are completely different to the things that come up now you know so it's it's Denise Tuffield Thomas talks about it like being an onion and you're peeling off the layers of the onion. Mm, but that yeah. always makes me think I want to cry because onions make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that, that thing um, that you, yeah, you are transforming. There is a transformation, but it's also a continuous thing. It's not like you do it once and like, you're cured yeah. or you're changed. There's, there's always going to be something else that comes up. All right, so if anyone is interested in that, you can go and check out the, <clears throat> the show notes for this episode and you'll find the links for how you can find out more about Joe's Wonder Mum Success Club. Got it right, have I? Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming along today. I've loved catching up with you and talking to you again and I'm so glad that my podcast has um, been a, a, a lovely excuse for that to happen. So, and thank you for um, reaching out to me and saying, yeah, I'm going to be on your podcast. That really helps. <laughs> <laughs> Even if my excuse was really that I've got to find 50 people. To <laughs> hey, I'm on board for all of that kind of stepping outside of your uh, comfort zone kind of stuff. All right, Joe, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and great to uh, chat with you again. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Bye. So that was a, a great interview with Joe Ebisujima, and I love hearing all about how her business has transformed over the years. Um, how she's gone from what did she say, making yeah, selling patterns on Etsy and and fabric and making ebooks and all these different things that she's done over the years to what she's doing now and how she has, you know, these um, passive income streams that still bring her income as she's doing other things. But, um, yeah, her premise was, you know, do the work once and get paid many times. That's a, like a fantastic <laughs> way to work. So I hope that inspires uh, some of you who are perhaps, you know, in your own business or thinking about selling something that, you know, there is a way – we don't have to, um, you know, always be working our butts off to get paid. You know, we can create these passive income streams as well. So, yeah, if you're interested in the in the Mums Club that she has, yeah, definitely go and head over there and check out uh, the links that I've put in the show notes to find it. And you'll find a lot of like-minded mums, I'm sure, in there too. Um, or moms, depending on which <laughs> continent you're from. Um, yeah, so that was Joe today. And yeah, give her a shout out on Instagram and say, hey, I heard your episode on the podcast. Or um, yeah, give me a message over at, at Jane Nakata on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out. And tell me what you thought. Let me know who should be on the show next. I'd love to hear your suggestions. And we've got plenty more interviews coming. So I do have to apologize for the sound. Um, it sounds a bit echoey, I think, in the recordings on my side. I'm doing my best. I have no microphone. It's still on a ship <laughs> coming slowly. And also I'm recording it in what the best room I can 
uh, do here in my new apartment, but it's still very echoey as we don't have a lot of furniture or anything to absorb the sound. So I apologize for that. And hopefully things will be a little bit better um, in the future. Who knows? Um, I'll try and work out a better recording studio for, for myself. Um, also, there's a lot of uh, building work going to start happening in my apartment. So yeah, hopefully that doesn't interfere with my schedule too much. And the podcast will keep coming out as planned. So yeah, we have to roll with these things and make it work. But um, I actually mentioned this problem today to, well not problem, the situation today to someone and they suggested a, a really good option for me. So um, a place that I might be able to record um, in peace and quiet. And that would be, yeah, that might just, everything might just work out anyway. So that's that. So I will see you next week with a episode just from me. And we also have some more interviews coming. I have uh, in the near future, Jody from World Tree Coaching. I have Jackie Miyabayashi also coming on again. She's to, um, very kindly agreed to come on and tell us about what she's been up to recently. And who else have I got? Ah, Uzma, my my new wonderful friend here in Sweden. Uh, Uzma Yassin was coming on to talk about um, yeah transitioning between your home country and back again uh, to a, a different country and then back again with your family it's going to be another great episode so I hope to see you I uh, hope you'll all be listening again next week thank you so much and have a wonderful week bye bye